Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1013, Feb 3, 2023. 51 degrees on this day in 1934, and it was 27 below on this day in 1886. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. It was almost as though the world conspired today. Not not just this country, but the world conspired to show us how much trouble we're in. Hmm. Wherever we look. And oh, I don't relish being the messenger of these dreadful <laughs> items. But somebody's got to do it. You Thank feel you. it's your duty. Thank you, Judge. Feel like I owe it to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> First of all, we got a Chinese spy balloon flying over the United States, and these lying commies are saying, pay no attention to that. That's just a weather balloon. Well, okay. And you say it cut loose and veered off course because of westerly winds. Let me, let me introduce uh, something. As dumb as we are, Mm-hmm. And we're dumb. Very dumb. We're not buying that because when you put that much effort into this balloon with its technology, uh, you would have factored in winds, you commie morons. So we know perfectly well what you're up to. You know what they're doing? They're just playing with us. They're just toying with us. And I don't understand. I suppose if we shot it, we're we're using the excuse that if we shot it and deflated it and let it crash to the ground, we might hurt someone. Huh. I take lame. my chances. That's pretty lame. I take my chances. Get Fire that thing to the ground. Joe, they can predict where an asteroid is going to circle the Earth, but they can't predict if they shoot it down where it's going to go. I don't understand that. And every time something falls from space, it never hits anybody anyway. Right. We have a lot of land. I'm, I'm going the Patrick route. Willing to take a risk. I am too. (laughs) What I don't like is our people saying, Dad, don't worry about it. No, I am worried about it. Yeah, yeah. Pardon me, but I'm worried. I'm not worried of imminent danger or anything like that. I'm just worried about the continuing diminution of America's standing in the world. 
I'm just worried that we just continue to fade into the background, that we're led by people who are not up to the moment. We'll get to that. Tis the world conspired today to deliver unto me more examples of yet why we're in such serious well straits. If you read the editorial, the pro Omar editorial today, you'll learn that uh, most of the uh, global population thinks that the biggest threat to their democracy is the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Omar. Okay. Uh, Rook, you take your time finding what I want to hear. In the meantime, let me chat. We're ready. Uh, okay. Omar was removed from the Foreign Relations Committee. And she delivered about a six, what was it, Rook? The original was six to seven minutes speech. Uh, 526. 526. And I'm not taking it out of context to not play you the entire five minutes and 26 seconds. Trust me when I say, A, you can either go listen to it yourself. It's everywhere. Or B, uh, take my word for it, that this woman was in this country for maybe eight minutes before she figured out how to play the race card, the woman card, the immigrant card, the black card, and the Muslim card. Yeah, she played them all, She's got them all figured (laughs) out, and it didn't take her long. She is a... She's a spiteful, ungrateful human being, and she wants to insist that she's been removed from the Foreign Relations Committee, not because she's an anti-Semite, which she is, but she's been removed from the Foreign Relations Committee because it's just vindictiveness on the part of Republicans, and then she managed to play the, the, uh, the game about blaming Trump for something, and on and on and on and on. But this woman's amazing. And I'm telling you something. She's amazingly gifted. She is. She she looked at us and she figured us out in about three and a half yep. minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. She said, I can play these saps for all they're worth. <laughs> now, I'm going to play you the part of her comments that I found most revealing and then see if. If you agree with me. So let's pick up her remarks. And again, trust me, there's a variety of ways you can assure yourselves that I'm not taking her out of context. And my leadership and voice will not be diminished if I am not on this committee for one term. My voice will get louder and stronger and my leadership will be celebrated around the world as it has been. So take your vote or not, I am here to stay and I am here to be a voice against harms around the world and advocate for a better world. I yield back. All right, what, to me... Welcome to Who's Talking. Uh, You can, Kurt, turn that off. I'm trying to be very calm here, but I, I hear something in her remarks that I think she... She slipped up and let us in. Does anyone detect what I heard? Uh, I heard somebody who thinks she's on the global stage and she is uh, working to uh, work against the United States of America. When is the last time, if ever, and I've racked my brain trying to come up with it and I can't. She is a congressional representative. She represents a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the American population, uh, Congressional District 5 in Minneapolis. Yep. She has 
I, I have yet to ever, correct me if I'm wrong, GLers, you always do. Can you think of another congressional representative who was touting their world leadership? I can't. No. That's not in their purview. No, it's Minneapolis. What is it about being a representative of Congressional District 5 that compels her to remind us that her world leadership not only will continue and be heard, but has already been appreciated around the world? Rook, could you play it again? And listen for that. I find it very unique. My leadership and voice will not be diminished if I am not on this committee for one term. My voice will get louder and stronger, and my leadership will be celebrated around the world as it has been. First of all, what has her leadership accomplished for District 5 in Minneapolis? Well, it's rife with crime. What, what, What leadership is she referring to? When she talks about her world leadership, I, I'm not going to go off the deep end here, and uh, I'm going to restrain myself from from all sorts of conspiratorial suppositions. But uh, I, I don't trust this woman as far as I can throw her. She's a clever, clever cat. She came into this country, and she looked around, and she said, I can play these saps for all they're worth. <laughs> Borderline uh, evil genius. Yep. And she, she's she got this gig as the congressional rep from Minneapolis, Minnesota. In uh, square miles, uh, it's what, 10 square miles of the earth? And that's who she's supposed to be representing. Their lives have not improved. She's not achieved anything. Her leadership has never been reflected in any gains by the Minneapolis population. But she doesn't even reference that. She's referencing her world leadership. I'll leave it to you to draw your own conclusions. I find it unnerving, to tell you the truth. And I'll just go back to what I said a moment ago. Rook, start to get Rashid Tlaib ready. Okay. I'll go back to what I said a moment ago. Uh, what was I going to say a moment ago? Oh, I lost my train of thought. But uh, Portions of Fridley, Brooklyn Center, New Hope, Minneapolis, St. Louis Park, and Richfield. Could you people please tell me what her leadership has accomplished for you? And I don't suggest her leadership has accomplished anything for the world either. She has fully embraced the third rail, does not lead a life that can be identified with, I'll just leave it to me, she, I don't have a life that can be identified with hers. And uh, I find it uh, terribly interesting that she threw, the words mean something. Now, you have another member of the squad, the so-called squad. I happen to think they're not as influential as they think they are. But this is Rashida Tlaib. She's from Michigan. (laughs) She's an anti-Semite. And she, uh, well, you just listen to what she said. Speech warriors today, the hypocrisy is obvious to the American people. You are showing who you all are, really. 
The gentlewoman's time has expired. Omar will not be silenced. The gentlewoman's oh. time to has Congress expired. Congressman Omar, the I gentlewoman's am so time sorry, has expired. that our country is failing you today through this chamber. You the, belong The gentlewoman is no longer recognized, and the, the gentleman... Yeah. This Ooh. is... Uh, uh, Drag her out of there. This is what happens to miserably failed leftists, their children. They break into tears and have a tantrum when they don't get what they want. And when you call them on what they've done and what they've said and their actions, they respond much like Omar did yesterday. I'm a Muslim. I'm an immigrant. And interestingly, from Africa. Mm -hmm. Is anyone surprised that I'm being targeted? Mm -hmm. It's uh, They always rush to that defense. It's always racism. They never, ever take ownership of their words, their actions, and their deeds. And they also say this is political. Well, of course it is. It always is. When people are taken on and off committees, that's political. That's the game you people on the third rail are playing. And right now, politically, you don't fit on that committee, Omar. You're not losing any other committee positions. But I'm I'm not uncomfortable with her being removed from that committee. No. No, it didn't need to happen. I don't think happen. she should have ever been on the committee. Right. Right. It to begin with. This is who leads us, people. And the world has conspired today as though a big Chinese balloon has been advertising <laughs> what is happening to us. A great big balloon that the news media likes to say is the size of three buses. <laughs> or maybe a swimming pool full of paper clips. Log on to TikTok is what it says. <laughs> right. Honest to God, I uh, certainly have never seen anything like this in my lifetime. You've got the clever Omar who's angry because her world leadership has been called into question. If, You've got her running mates breaking into tears and stomping their feet, uh, it's a pathetic, pathetic situation we find ourselves in. It really is. And uh, again, again, the Republicans are uh, as much to blame. They've got crackpots and crazy people on their side. We are not led well by any of them, by any of them. If you're on the committee that she was on, isn't it your job to put the United States interests above all else yes. when, when it comes to the globe? Well, not only to, that. To represent this country. Well, of course. But not only that, where is her allegiance to the 5th Congressional District? Yeah, what it's not existent What has she accomplished? No, she doesn't care one bit about that. You, you poor people that voted for this Clever, clever, duplicitous woman. You're being deceived. She has no leadership qualities. She's a Trojan horse. What's ironic, the people that voted for her voted for her because she's a Muslim, an immigrant, and from Africa. Right. The color of her skin. That's why she won. And it took this crafty woman three and a half minutes to figure that out. Oh, I, I'd contend she knew it going in. Maybe. Remember her smirking appearance with that local TV host? Yeah. Talking about 9-11. Some people did something, and they're both, they're both kind of giving each other the elbow. 
What? Yeah. What? This is this is a woman that does not belong in Congress. This is a woman who does not love the United States, and she just admitted it in a way that suggests her interests are her is her leadership in the world, not the fifth congressional <laughs> district of Minneapolis. Yeah, arrogance with a capital A. Wow. That Rita, what's her name? Rita Talib. Yeah, Did I say Rita. Uh, yeah, is that her name? No. No. It's Rashid Tlaib. Yeah. I think Reed is a Muslim version of Rashid. No, I don't. <laughs> Rashid Tlaib breaking into tears and throwing a fit because her her buddy in ideology was kicked off the Foreign Relations Committee. And uh, who knows what the bartender said. I didn't pay any attention to her. She's part of the, well, she, the uh, group, too. She stood up. Behind, she was sitting behind Ilhan. She stood up to give her a standing ovation while she was chatting. Yeah, you want to leave again? Nope. Okay. It's as though the world conspired. I'm just looking at my notes. Uh, this guy from New York, Greg Me- Meeks, mm-hmm. he's a leading Democrat on Foreign Affairs panel. He actually said it is it is undeniable that Representative Omar has uh, apologized, learned, and been a reliable and productive member of the Foreign Affairs Committee. And I've watched her work with colleagues on both sides of the aisle. Here's w- where he loses me. She cares about her country. She cares about our national security. She also cares about diplomat- uh, diplomacy. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, her perspective is invaluable to the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, I don't see that being represented at all. I don't either. I never have. I, I would say the opposite. She doesn't care about this country. She doesn't care about our national security, and she doesn't care about diplomacy. And she certainly doesn't care about the fifth. And she's really has been on a fast track. This is her first bump in the road. I, I think, well, it's not her first. It's her biggest, though. Yeah. Um, and I think those comments about her being um, envisioned as some sort of hero on the global scale is just, that's a sly announcement saying she's running for a bigger office. I, I think it's... She has it's, big ambitions. Well, you're you're driving me into the world of extraordinarily dark speculation. I think she's addressing those words to her her masters, her mm. her people elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's addressing those. I don't. Although this this country is so fouled up, and so screwed up that she probably could see herself holding a higher position in this country. Now we're uh, slipping into the Tucker Carlson. I know we are, and um, I didn't want to, but I yeah. I don't trust this woman. No, and uh, I find her remarks very telling. And I'm trying to even be calm about it. I, I, I find you're doing well. Telling, I find them dangerous. Well, the minute I heard the word "world," light bulbs went off in my head. Yep. I've never heard that before from a a Congress person. Uh, <laughs> uh, you want to take a break, Rook, and then we'll continue to unfold what the world has delivered unto me. I will, but I'm not, not before I tell you that I encountered uh, Senator Klobuchar at the uh, airport this morning. Not even old Klobuchar has dared to say she's important in the world. 
No, and uh, I extended an invite to come on the show. You know what? I've washed my hands of her since her uh, saying, if you don't vote for us, we'll have more hurricanes. Copy. Well, she was happy to do so anyway. Yeah. Well, maybe if the team uh, presents itself. (laughs) Well, it might be a Walls deal, too. It might be a Walls deal, too. All right. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Happy Valentine's Day, sucker! Not I want to see that balloon. I'm gonna look for it tonight. Yeah, I think you should. Yep. I'm gonna get out the 410. Take care of that thing. <laughs> I'm gonna get that 410 out of my. Did you hear what I just said? I'm gonna get Where that get? 410. Where are you gonna keep it? That G, that GIT get out of my Liberty Safe, uh, made in the uh, good old USA, best fire protection in the business. Transferable lifetime warranties, professional delivery and installation available courtesy of Rich at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Uh, And he's also giving us this big Valentine's Day sale on select Colonial and USA safes by Liberty. Uh, These savings up to 300 bucks. Forget about the flowers and the candy. Get your wife a safe. She'll love you for it. You know, she's got stuff hidden in that drawer she could lock up in that safe. You'd never know it was even there. Uh, plus, you're giving her the gift of security. Or you know what? If you're a CI girl, go ahead and get one for the old man. What the hey? Uh, safety, savings, you get it all on Valentine's Day. The gift that keeps on giving no matter what calamity, including fire, that comes your way. You can find your Liberty Safe at Maple Grove Lock and Safe, 6901 East Fish Lake Road. Big Valentine's Day sale. You can see these safes on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. I'm, I'm trying to decipher what kind of lapel pin Omar is wearing in a picture on the front page of the Star Tribune. Under Joe, the is it American flag? No. 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 It's not that. I wonder what it is. It's a nice piece of jewelry. Omar defiant after committee ouster. Okay. Uh, above that is the headline, carbon-free energy by 2040. And I guess the bill's going to Tim Walz's desk. He'll, of course, sign it and say that this is going to be the best state in the world for kids. Uh, Maybe we're, you know what, if you want a positive way to look at this, it can't happen. It won't happen. (laughs) What's positive? What are you going to do? Well, I mean, it won't happen. It's not possible. It's not plausible unless you want to freeze people to death. Plus, wouldn't it be true that if you took all carbon away from Earth, the Earth would be pretty ugly? I think we need carbon. Doesn't carbon turn things green and make things grow and all kinds of interesting yeah. things? <laughs> but but we're 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 going to get rid of it. And uh, how about this too? What what if uh, what if technology improves uh, on the uh, use of coal and natural gas? I mean, we can better filter it or yeah, better yeah. change it into paper towels or something. And then <laughs> right under that headline is state failed to do very basics of grant oversight. <laughs> and it, that's fascinating. Just that is a, nice placement, isn't it? Are there any people <laughs> in this state who you can trust? No, no. State agencies are not complying. Let me repeat that. State agencies are not complying with policies to properly oversee hundreds of million dollars in grants to Minnesota nonprofits each year, according to, not me, the state legislative auditor. 
Various state agencies, including the Education and Public Safety Departments, have increased the millions of dollars given each year to nonprofits. Well, we gave, didn't the Department of Education funnel the $250 million to the food fraudsters? You get a check. You get a check. Yeah. You get a check. <laughs> state grants to nonprofits grew from $389 million in 2018 to $558 million. In 2022, according to the report, the nonpartisan Office of the Legislative Auditor says policies overseeing that money are vague and that there's pervasive noncompliance by state agencies with the policies in place with no enforcement. To which I would add, if there's no enforcement, then there's no accountability. We are screwed. The report recommends that the legislature increase oversight of grants management. What, a completely mysterious legislature? They don't have the ability or the wisdom or the intelligence to do this. No. The report recommends that the legislature increase oversight of grants management, improve statewide data on grants. Well, we have to create another bureaucracy then. And boost training for state employees. That'll help. Have you ever heard of people that need more training than these people? No. To do what? Senator Mark Coran, Republican North Branch, who chairs the Legislative Audit Commission, a bipartisan group that requested the report, said better oversight of nonprofit <laughs> grants is needed, and the report will likely prompt new reforms. We failed to do the basics, he said. We just want to make sure state funding goes to the people with great need and waste, fraud, and abuse cannot be tolerated. Yeah, I I certainly agree. The report doesn't mention Feeding Our Future, a St. Anthony-based nonprofit at the center of the $250 million food fraud scam. The report focuses on state grants to nonprofits, not the millions in federal dollars that passes through the state agencies, such as the Education Department, which was in charge of overseeing U.S. Department of Agriculture reimbursements going to feed our future. Walls, how do you sleep at night? I'm serious. Everybody you've put in charge is a failure. And your Department of Education head walked away with her tail between her legs and never accounted for one minute to the public. And how are we supposed to trust you on anything else that comes out of your face if you couldn't handle this? You let Minneapolis burn, then you blame somebody else. And now you've got state agencies that don't properly oversee their grant giving. What? This guy has a miserable failure. You're shoving 2040 down our throats, even though we won't be ready, like you said. And, and what's it going to take? Are, are we going to wait till this goes into effect? And then in 2040, are we going to then storm the Capitol because none of us have power? Or are we going to get in beforehand, maybe? We, we're, just, we're so passive. We just sit there and let them do this to us. What is wrong with us? I, I don't what, get what it. What is wrong with we're Minnesotans? Soft. Do people realize what's happening to you? No, they don't. The Legislative Auditor's report was requested by legislators just after the FBI's investigation into Feeding Our Future was public re- publicly revealed in January of 2022. The uh, auditor spent the last 10 months completing a report, one of the five or six it issues each year. 
The Legislative Audit Commission will hold a hearing to discuss the report in more depth, Coran said. When they're dispersed, it's very difficult to track all of these grants. He said this report really brings to light data that's rare and really difficult for us to receive, even as a state legislator. <laughs> well, that that's a that's a bad thing to hear. <laughs> Did he hear what he was saying? God Almighty! The Minnesota Council of Nonprofits was consulted by the auditor and said it supports many of its recommendations in the report. Part of the reason there's so much money going to nonprofits is relieving the burden of government and providing services that government needs to provide, said Marie Ellis, the council's public policy director. The council has long pushed to improve the state's grant-making system and recently released a report on how to develop a more efficient and equitable grant system. What? Ellis said more oversight is needed, what? but it shouldn't be overly standardized. We, won't, we don't want to see the same level of oversight on a $2,000 grant as on a $2 million grant, wait, she said. No, I what, do. Wait. I yeah, do. I disagree. I do. <laughs> I want every penny accounted for. While the report did not look, while the report did not look into whether the fraud happened as a result of lax oversight, the lack of such oversight opens up grants to misuse. Well, that what what the hell did you just say? That's according to Jody Munson Rodriguez, the deputy legislative auditor. While the report didn't look into whether fraud happened as a result of lax oversight, lax oversight opens up grants to fraud. Wow. Okay. Wow. Who are you people? The same thing could be said of every large grant administered by the state, as was said about the food fraud scandal. There are too many people with too many places to duck and not be held accountable. It goes to the it goes to Bert uh, on uh, level three of the office building, and he signs off on it, and he doesn't know what he just did, and there's no one responsible for Bert, and Bert thinks he did the right thing, and then in the meantime, the leader of whatever agency granted the grant. Uh, decides to, oh, my pension's big enough, I think I better retire now. And they skulk away to Mankato where that education head lived. What was her name, Rook? The Department of Education. She she conveniently enough left her position in the height of the food fraud scandal. It was her department that administered the federal money. And she was an appointee of Walls. All these people are Walls' responsibility. Has Walls shown any responsibility or any accountability for anything under his watch? No. No. He except no, he he's really good at placing blame. Walsey, I was telling the guys off the air yesterday, and I, I say Walsey because I know you're missing miss listening or you're having someone listen for you. Uh I, I when you first came aboard as governor, I was not even a critic of you, uh, and these guys will back me up because they were, and they were wondering why I wasn't. And then even as the pandemic set in and that occupied your time, I was not a critic of you. You did not ask for the pandemic, and I was trying to make the argument, either successfully or not, that you were doing the best you could. And then slowly but surely, 
that thread began to unravel with the lockdowns, followed by the George Floyd, followed by the rioting. And I began to notice that you were a, an empty suit. You yeah. weren't you weren't doing anything. You weren't handling anything. And then we've spun off into food fraud scandals and grant scandals. Well, uh, well, hold and you on. don't take any responsibility for anything. Put the brakes on. Y- yeah, okay, right there. He didn't take responsibility for anything, but he did. Let's see, he insulted um, National Guard members because, what, they're all farmers. They're all 19-year-old cooks. Yeah. Um, Then he insulted the mayor and the citizens of Minneapolis by letting the third burn to the ground. And anytime anybody calls him on anything, his way of defending himself is insulting the people that are calling him on the carpet and accusing the outstate Minnesotans of being rubes and rocks and cows and... And the bus you need to throw people under walls has become as big as that Chinese balloon, <laughs> which is the size of three buses. Is it Christy Shuck? Is she the one no, that left? No, no. I'd, I'd recognize her name. Okay. But here's uh, why. Here's why nothing. She's, she's she's successfully in retirement, collecting her pension. She didn't. She's never been accountable for anything. Carrie Pratt, no, a former no. Here's why nothing's going to happen, Such. You brought up how long how long are we going to let this go on? Or maybe I did. I don't know. Who broke the uh, who broke the food funding uh, fraud? Sahan Journal, the right? Sahan Journal. We were on that pretty early. Um, not as early as the Sahan Journal. Not as early as them, but we most of our early information came through them, and we were complaining. Where are the big papers? Where why, where are the news stories? Where was Ilhan Omar? Where was Ilan Omar? That's her and district. Then, and then the Star Tribune finally picked it up, and maybe it got a little coverage on TV news. Um, but here's the problem. Nobody reads the newspaper. Well, nobody watches TV news. And what TV news you do get is pretty fluffy these days. Um, short and sweet and doesn't go in-depth because their research shows that people don't want that. People want dogs thrown out of moving car stories i'm really tired of that story by the way people want feel-good stories people want to know about that duplex that burned down in south minneapolis and they don't seek it out through normal news avenues they go to twitter and facebook Mm -hmm. and everything else so we've got a generation of idiots that don't consume enough news the correct way yeah I was sent a video of a couple whose Tesla ran out of (laughs) power. Yes. And the fellow's solution to that was he had a can of gasoline that he used to fill a Honda generator in the trunk of the Tesla. (laughs) And then he... Top here. Yes. This and, is Jeremy. And then he then he plugged the Tesla into the generator. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Heather Mueller. Wonderful. Heather Mueller, thank you. Heather Mueller, where are you? Are you proud of yourself, Heather Mueller? You've she never doesn't. said one bleeping word, she and ran. a quarter of a billion dollars slipped under your she, nose. She doesn't know up from down, Joe. Come on. But she quit. She left with a pat on the back from Walsey. So she does know. Of course she knows. 
but she doesn't have to. All right. But this this story this story is in both the Pioneer Press and the Star Tribune. This story about the legislative auditor uh, coming up with the uh, rather astonishing news that well, you know, all these grants we really don't have a handle on them. Well, listen to this paragraph. Thursday's report also notes that <laughs> no comprehensive data is kept on state grants, so legislators and the public cannot review how well state agencies are managing grants. What? Thursday's report notes that no comprehensive data is kept on state grants, so legislators and the public cannot review how well state agencies are managing grants. Representative Ginny Clevorn, DFL Plymouth, said in a statement that the Office of Grants Management... Well, wait, you're... You don't know how well the grants are doing, and yet we have an Office of Grants Management. What do they do? Talk in circles, sir. That's what's happening here. The Office of Grants Management, as well as the Education and Public Safety Departments, have requested more resources in the last four years to ensure effective grant management. It's always That's always the answer, isn't it? We need more resources. Right. We need more money. We need more people. You people are despicable. Unfortunately, under our divided legislature, these dollars were not forthcoming, she said. It's always your answer, people. You need more money. I don't know. We've talked about this on the show before, and it goes back years. Uh, you know, Ginny Clevorn might be a great gal, and ta- if she has kids, she maybe take them to soccer practice, and she grouses about the price of shoes and eggs and, and whatever, and, you know, she and her husband have a budget at home, and, and they lead, or trying to lead normal lives, but what happened to Ginny when she walked into the Capitol? What happens to perspective. What happens to all of them when they enter that gilded dome? And suddenly their answer to everything is to give us more money so long as they're not involved in having to produce it. <laughs> or track it. What happens to you people? That you want to rule the world. Uh, the focus, uh, the report focuses on the state education and public safety departments, which in recent years have issued an average of $81 million and $27 million, respectively, in grants to nonprofits annually. The education department did not conduct monitoring visits for most of its grants and only partially compiled, complied with policies, according to the report. Public safety, while largely complying with policies, should formalize its procedures, the report said. Leaders in both agencies say they're making changes. There's 9,000 nonprofits in the state. Mm-hmm. The Council of Nonprofits said most of those 9,000 don't get government funding. However, all nonprofits benefit from more oversight. Ellis said, which can root out fraud to protect trust in a sector that relies on public support. There is no trust to protect. You've blown it. There is no trust. What sane soul would trust this giant, unaccountable mechanism known as state government? Who trusts them? 
They don't even trust themselves. They can't. Right. Even... That's just it. So why don't we pull the plug on all of it and start over? We got to start over. You people are wrong. Every single one of you are fired right now. Pack up your desk. Go home. We're starting over. Because this whole article is them admitting, yeah, we're dumb. We screwed up. But I contend nobody's reading it. It's not a sexy story. It doesn't involve a dog with a cast on its back leg. We're not done because the Chinese balloon is delivered onto me. The conspiratorial realization that everything wrong in the country has come onto our table today. Justice and the Suture. Now let's turn to our friends at Save Our Streets. <laughs> Remember that group? A group from the failed academy who are advocating against the automobile. They're a prominent Minneapolis cycling and pedestrian advocacy group. They've been fined by state regulators. I don't know where they're going to get the money to pay the fine. They've been fined by state regulators for failing to register its employees as lobbyists. Our Streets Minneapolis, a nonprofit, I wonder how much money they get from the government that doesn't pay any attention to how much they give. Well, they get something. You know that. Our Streets Minneapolis, a nonprofit formerly known as the Minneapolis Bicycle Coalition that puts on open streets events, was ordered to pay a civil penalty of four grand and file a lobbying spending report for four previous years as part of a settlement agreement approved earlier this week by the Minnesota Campaign Finance Board. In a related issue, the city of Minneapolis is seeking nearly the same amount from our streets as reimbursements for ineligible expenses the group claimed city officials confirmed this week. Both situations stem from complaints made by Carol Becker, a Minneapolis activist who for years has opposed our street's advocacy for such measures as reducing vehicle traffic lanes to expand cycling lanes. Just based on what I know about Carol Becker, she's doing the Lord's work. I called her and I left a message and I left her my cell phone number. If, if it's the same Carol Becker, I think she works on the Board of Taxation. This story calls her an activist, but is she an activist for the good guys? I well, don't know. <laughs> she's DFL and labor endorsed. Well, how could that be? I don't know. That's why I'm wondering if we have the right Carol Becker. She sounds sane. Um, one of the news pieces I looked up from July 7th, 2020, uh, from an, org- an organization called WedgeLive.com hates her. Well, then she must be a good guy. They hate her. Yeah. It bothered me, Becker said, people taking donations and refusing to acknowledge their lobbyists. She had strong evidence based on records cited in her complaints, findings of the campaign board, and ultimately Open Street's own actions and statements. Becker is somebody the entire DFL and all Democrats hate. Somebody who counts the nickels and dimes and pennies and asks all the right questions. And she's not afraid to ask them. 
After Becker filed her complaint with the state campaign board in July, our streets acknowledged that many of its employees do perform lobbying activities as defined in state law, but maintained that it hadn't realized it had been doing so. Let me stop right there. Wait, 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 what? They didn't realize that what they were doing was lobbying. That's because... (laughs) That's because the real world, which is rapidly disappearing before our eyes, the, the real world of laws and regulations and uh, guardrails and perimeters does not exist to them. They, they have created a, uh, a, a whimsical, magical nonprofit merely because they have adopted the ideological pursuit of being against the automobile. They don't know anything about lobbying. They don't, they wouldn't, it, it, I'm defending them for God's sakes. They, I, they, they wouldn't have known that laws apply to lobbying, that you have to register, that your work as a lobbyist is recorded, and that we fine you if you don't sign the right why? documents. They why? don't know any of that. Why don't they know? Because they don't exist in that world. Accountability, it they, doesn't they, mean anything. They've just made up this BS as failed academy graduates, and this is what they do for a living. This is how they buy Dinty Moore beef stew. They get a check somehow so, for pretending they're doing something. So I- ignorance of the law yes. is their excuse, which is no excuse. In documents filed by the group, it says that from 2018 to 2021, it spent... What do you got? Holy shoot. What do you got? $340,415. What? <laughs> Three hundred forty thousand and four. And how much of that are they skimming? Five of its employees were named in the settlement as failing to register as lobbyists during that period. In a statement, Our Streets spokeswoman Kathy Ellison said, Our Streets Minneapolis was happy to work with the Campaign Finance Board to ensure compliance with our efforts to bring positive change to the Twin Cities. You're not bringing positive change. You're, you're a pain in the ass to you're people sh- who actually yeah. need a car. No, you're shoving your stupid point of view down everybody's throats. We are satisfied with the solution and excited to continue working for streets and neighborhoods that are vibrant places for people to live, work, and play. Well, boilerplate BS that they learn in their hookah lounges. Yeah, and they do that by closing down streets and narrowing uh, streets and making room for bikes and all the rest. The organization has con- has a contract with the city of Minneapolis as lead coordinator of the 2023 Open Street season, which has not been scheduled. Open Street merely means they shut down a busy street so you can't drive on it, but you can walk on it. Yeah, and listen to bands and throw frisbee and play hacky sack and uh, twist up fatties. The events, which have been held in various forms since 2013, when Our Streets was known as the Minneapolis Bicycle Coalition, generally involve closing down portions of city streets to vehicles to showcase neighborhoods and the vitality that can emerge in an urban setting without vehicle traffic. (laughs) Welcome to Paris. (laughs) No, welcome to Minneapolis. In the fall, following a separate complaint made by Becker, Becker, you should be canonized. 
I don't know who the hell you are, but call me. Yeah, yeah. In the fall, following a separate complaint made by Becker, just think, if Becker didn't do any of this, this would not be known. No, no. In the fall, following a separate complaint made by Becker, the city attorney's office notified our streets that it is seeking the reimbursement of 3850 for what it deemed ineligible expenses stemming from previous open streets events. Where's the three hundred and forty grand, and where did it come from? I'd like to know. Donations, I believe. I'm not sure though. Well, I it bet doesn't the state. Say. I bet the state granted him some money. Yeah, the piece doesn't say that. No. <clears throat> Becker said she also lodged complaints with the IRS. Oh God, love you, woman. Becker said she has also lodged complaints with the IRS over our street's tax exempt status as well as the Minnesota Attorney General's office. Well, Keith's not going to do anything about no, these people. No, he's too busy yeah. taking care of Scott Jensen. She also said the entire idea of a lobbying organization receiving a city contract to coordinate an event bothers her. As it should. Everybody. The, the city contracts with them to put on this event, and any money they make from fundraising during the event, oh, they can go. turn around and spend it to lobby the city, she said. That yep. doesn't seem ethical. In other words, Becker's saying, look, they get permission from the city to uh, close a street to have a circus, and then then they get the money they use to lobby the street to keep lobby the city to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. There's no ethics there, but the mm-hmm. decline of moral and ethical integrity wouldn't occur to the likes of Save Our Streets, Minneapolis. We went through their roster two months ago. Uh, the, one out of the 15 we went through might have had a, a, a nuclear family. The rest of them were seemed to be single, renters, didn't own cars. One of their latest tweets, as it stands now, Olson Memorial Highway is a barrier to community building, safety, and economic growth for those who live, work, and play near that highway. So what does that mean? doesn't mean anything. They're, the, the only job they've tasked themselves with is to be jerks. <laughs> <laughs> it says it right in their mission. Mm-hmm. Their mission is, our streets, it works for a city where biking, walking, and rolling are easy and comfortable for everyone. Yeah, you need that. They're so crooked. They're so crooked. Take it. They're so crooked. They're crooked. They don't know what they're doing. They're so crooked. I don't know what they do. I don't know why do you. Cause they're crooked. They're They're so crooked. So crooked. So crooked. Oh man, what should we do? I don't know. How about you? Our current system of winter sidewalk maintenance is unreliable and puts all sidewalk users at risk. Ice and snow on sidewalks is particularly dangerous to those who use mobility devices. These barriers can keep people from leaving their homes or lead to people to walk and roll in the street. We can do better. Why don't they get out there and shovel? 
we can do better with your support. Right. We'll get the city to do it. We'll get government to shovel. Yep. None of those kids have ever shoveled anything. Let's get Patrick Royce's thoughts on Olson Memorial Highway. How about All that? Right, here we go. Here we go. We're so... Hello. Hello. How's the very capable rookie doing running the operation? We're doing all right. He's still a rookie. He's still a rookie. I want your take on that great big Chinese spy balloon. Uh, first, I got to say that Kenny J died, and he was the very capable Kenny J. That's right, he was the wrestler. So, uh, one of our one of our favorite phrases that's lasted for years. If somebody says you're very capable, they're not giving you a compliment. No. So, anyway, I've been told that many anyway, times. I I don't know where's the Chinese spy balloon. I haven't seen it. Well, there's a spy balloon. It was over Montana. Now it's over the Midwest, and they're, the Chinese are claiming it's a weather balloon. It is not. It's uh, what gathering we our secrets. Are we going to shoot her down? Nope, no, I won't let her shoot it down. We're watching it, who, keeping our eyes on it. won't let her shoot it down? The Pentagon. Uh, they, they don't want to. They don't want to. Uh, well, what are, what are they stealing? Secrets. Information. Nuclear warheads. Well, they already got TikTok to steal us down. We can steal everything we own anyway. What You're not up it? on the Chinese balloon, are you? No, I don't give a damn. Royce, both you I'm and I. I'm 77. I'm give 77. If they want to have nuclear war, what do I care? I don't have that much quality life left anyway. What Royce, we both knew people growing up that uh, would not hesitate to shoot at, like, say, uh, a game warden flying around in an airplane during deer hunting. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think right. we know some good old boys that can take care yeah, of this. That's right. You can just shoot her. What, what, do what do we know what height it's flying at? I don't know Let's that. Because I don't think it's a four-tatted region. Got to be higher than Gary Powers, right? So. Oh, yeah, that's up there, Pat. Pat, what's yeah. new in the world of sports? Not much on this weekend with well, no football. I, I wanted to bring up something about the Sodbuster. Um, yes. The Sodbuster was a good guy, right? Never considered, yeah. uh, not considered a heel. No, no, he was a jobber. They called yeah. him a jobber. Those were the guys who could do the job. They would come out firing on Saturday nights, but we all knew that before it was over, they were going to get beat, right? Jim and and it was always by good guys, right? Like uh, the Sodbuster never had to wrestle, like say any of uh, Bobby Heenan's crew or, or oh, any yeah, of them. They would. Oh, did he? He bleed, he bleed for those guys once in a while on Saturday okay. nights. But then he would. Know, they would they it's a Sodbuster would all also um, moonlight as a referee. Oh yes, and so did uh, his uh, his arch rival and fellow jobber George Gadaski, Scrap Iron. <laughs> scrap and, Iron Gadaski, uh, yeah. Scrap Iron. I was talking to Greg God. Gagney today, and he told me that George got the ring. You know, George would bring the ring to the when they went to the outpost. You know, yeah. George would bring the ring and put it up, and he'd always tell Vern that he had a couple. There were a couple of boards broken. And finally, one day, they couldn't find George, and they had to go out and get in the ring, and George had this new barn all built from the, from the wrestling boards <laughs> that he, he'd gotten burned to buy him these wrestling boards, and they put up a big garage or something. Like that. How old was Kenny J? 
Yeah, he was 85. He had a good run. George only lasted until he was 52. I don't know what happened to him, but Kenny was 85. And uh, he had his last match when he was 75 or something. He'd, he'd show up Jeez. for some of these uh, reunion events. And, was and he a Minnesotan? Like he was from Holding Ford. Oh. And a good athlete there. Then he went into the Navy. Yeah. And uh, he was in Europe for a while when he got out of the Navy. And then he came back here and, uh, in 1962 when the AWA was only in its second or third year then. And because uh, they burned and broken away from the NWA or whatever it was. And he joined in 1962. And it's kind of vague as to how they become the perennial you know how they get assigned the task of getting beat but uh uh his most famous jobber match ever was he went when muhammad was getting ready to fight the japanese jujitsu guy in 1976 or a mixed martial arts guy uh he had two he he did uh two exhibitions with uh wrestlers down in chicago in 1976 in april i think and kenny was one of them they called kenny on the night before Vern and said come on down here you're fighting Vern. you're fighting muhammad ali tomorrow and uh kenny got knocked out at the end of the second round and i when i interviewed kenny after muhammad's death in 2016 i said so they told you it was going to end at the second round he said no no he hit me with a good one I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> into the story you know some of the old wrestlers you talk to will tell you all the tales greg Gagne, uh you know Vern's uh Vern's kid yeah no way no way you know it's all Stayed in character, huh? Up, just like, just like, just like uh, with Vern, it was always on the up and up. You yeah. Know, so, but anyway, the Sodbuster, yeah, eighty-five, and uh, he uh, he wasn't the Sodbuster originally. He was always the very capable Kenny J. Right. Uh, Mar- Marty always announced him that way, but then uh, he started a sod company with his sons, and he you know put his sons to work. Uh, lugging sod around and that's when he became the sod buster and he, he was he a lived, polish he was polish patrick yeah. ben uh henkowski or something yeah benkowski yeah. where was yep. he living yeah. when he died out in a savage area but i, I his wife has called me back i wasn't uh i wasn't able to see an official obit yet as to where he died but some, he'd been sick for uh, some weeks i guess so. think of the beatings he took and he made it to 85 man yeah Royce, yeah, you had the privilege of of being eighty sixth out of a bar by him, right? Oh yes, yeah. The uh, I, I I wrote a blog in two thousand sixteen about the Muhammad thing when Muhammad died, and I got a hold of him. And at the end, I said, "Well, Kenny, uh, I was there the only night you went four and zero. I said you were the bouncer at the court bar, and you threw out <laughs> Augie." Uh, Frankie Highland, my brother, and me out of the court bar. You went for it all. He said, "Oh, really? You probably deserved it." <laughs> and I said, "You're probably right." So, that was downtown St. Cloud, wasn't it? No, no, the court oh, Minneapolis. Bar, uh, you know, which is Dan Kelly's, right around the corner. Oh, Dan Kelly's. Oh, right what were you doing? That, what were you doing that caused Kenny J to have Honest to bounce? To God, huh? You know, we could have been screaming about politics. Oh. Or we could have been screaming about ladies. Yeah. We could have been screaming about almost anything. 
but it was the National League versus the American League. Okay. And Augie was a Dodger fan, and as far as he cared, the uh, American League couldn't have existed. And the main combatants were uh, uh, Augie against Frankie Highland, and then my brother, anything he could do to agitate either of them <laughs> was uh, to help inflame it. And it, it was 25 people in there. It must have gotten really loud. But to me, it seemed normal. <laughs> when they came over and asked us to leave at 12.50. The good news is uh, the three of us drove back to St. Cloud where we were working. My brother oh, my God. Was that was On Highway but, 10. That was before I'm the freeway. Sure one of us was sober. I'm just not sure who it might have been. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, back then, man, God, God love us. That yeah. I'm here, still here, and it's yeah. great. But yeah, Kenny, Kenny tossed us. Um, that wasn't as bad as when I first went to interview with Augie uh, for the St. Cloud job. I got, I you know, talked to the boss, and we didn't. Then we got thrown out of the modern bar that night. And I said, okay, this will be good. We'll go to this bar. You know, I'll, I'll take this job. Hell yes. You know, you know every so, reporter, every sports guy goes through a period where you got to deal with the wrestlers, and I did. And I yeah. can't remember which one. It wasn't Vern, but Vern was famous for the sleeper hold. Yes, right. But other guys use the sleeper hold. And yeah. one of those idiots did it to me. No. <laughs> Really? Yeah, and what it does is it just cuts off the carotid artery, right? It just uh-huh. it stops blood. For, then hopefully they let go in time that you recover. Right. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. So yeah, the sleeper hold was real? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's all real, Kenny. It's and all it real. Became, oh, I... And it became the family hold, you know, because Greg, of course, always uh, they used that. Greg, that's what he used. To put Bobby Heenan to sleep before he put him in the weasel suit there at uh, St. Paul <laughs> Convention right. Center. That's which right. Which my man, Dark Star, has always said the second greatest sporting event he ever saw was Jack Morris Game 7. The third greatest was Harma, was Kirby Puckett uh, Game 6. But the greatest was the weasel suit match <laughs> at the St. Paul Civic Center with 18,000. You got to watch the video on this if you haven't, guys. The greatest pantomime in the history of mankind. Heenan, when he gets out of the weasel suit and starts stumbling around in the, in the ring, and then he sees his big feet and sees his paws. It's great. It is such great slapstick. It's unbelievable. What else you got, son? Well, the great story about that, Pat, is when you let us in to um, realize that Heenan was selling the weasel. Uh, Shirts oh, yeah. and attire, and he loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, George Shire said he would always be interviewing with Marty, and he'd say, "And I don't want to see any more of these posters at the match tonight." And then he had guys outside selling the posters. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, <laughs> smart. <laughs> they were oh, great. They were great. What else is going on? Our hockey team doesn't play for a couple of days. No go for hockey last night. Our uh, Timberwolves had a uh, – uh, Anthony Edwards did not make the All-Star team today to the chagrin of quite a few people, and they play tonight against Orlando. And I'm heading down there in a couple hours to see that game. So, uh, you're heading down where? 
Target Center. Uh, Target Center. Well, in the, and also if you need some visual relief, Pebble Beach is on. That's right, boy. They don't get the field anymore, do they? I wonder no. why I don't. I think it's playing with the uh, the people don't like playing with the amateurs. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, how about last week, Joe, when the uh, NFL playoff games were so big, we had to end the tournament on Saturday. That's right. That's <laughs> and, right. Uh, get out of the way for the NFL, but uh, I'll see you they Monday. Guys lead, they got some guys leading these tournaments. I never heard of, but yeah. that's okay. All right. All right. Talk to you Monday. All right. Bye. We'll be back. You can come back to the screen. Finally, thank God today is Friday. T G T I Friday. Uh, Downing, you're not listening carefully. Uh Uh-oh. Downing says, we know your track record when it comes to looking to the skies, but now that you've moved to Montana, did you at least see the Chinese balloon? No, I live in Wyoming. I did not see the Chinese balloon, but I intend to look for it tonight. Do we know where it is right now? Uh, Uh, This, according to Yahoo, at 928... It's flying. It was seen flying over the somewhere in Alaska. Oh no, Alaska was early in the flight path. I think it's down around. Uh, okay. Oh wait. Oh. Omaha. Okay, through Canada before appearing over the city of Billings in Montana on Wednesday. I right. don't know where it currently is. I think she's floating around the middle of the country. I do know that they fly at a height of 80,000 to 120,000. Well, feet. ain't no uh, shotgun gonna reach that. No, no shot. Higher than fighter jets and commercial aircraft. You so really now that we've it. told the Chinese we're not going to shoot it down, they'll just do whatever they want. It's just soaking up information, right? They say We say we've disabled their intelligence-gathering abilities. Well, how do we do that? I don't know. I don't and then I read another guy who said this balloon is the perfect mechanism to launch an EMP attack, yeah. which is electromagnetic pulse. Right, that shuts everything. Because you don't have to bomb us to put us out of business. No, just turn us off. Yeah. That that includes our vehicles. Right, just turn us off. No, I got vehicles. They'll still run. <laughs> I got vehicles that'll still run. A lot of good it'll do me, but yeah, where are you going? Only because. Okay, okay, let's jump into us. They come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans. Right. At WorldWideWafties.com, it was on this day. This is February 3rd. On 18, in 1809, that Congress created the Illinois Territory, which, which included all of present-day Minnesota, east of the Mississippi River. Okay. It was on this day in 1917. We'd still have to wait half a century to become mm-hmm. a state. Eleven competitors in the Red River St. Paul Sports Carnival Derby. The first 500-mile dog sled race on record completed an 11-day journey from Winnipeg to St. Paul with Albert Campbell of the Cree Nation finishing first. Congratulations. 1917, okay. And on this day in 1931, Hmm. airmail service began between the Twin Cities and Winnipeg. 
All Interesting. Right? So you were getting mail up okay. in Winnipeg. What else you got on February Well, 3rd? finally, on this day <laughs> in 1979, the Twins traded Rod Carew Ooh. to the Angels Ooh. in exchange for outfield Kenny Landrew, right-handed pitcher Paul Hartzell, two rookies, left-handed pitcher Brad Havens, and catcher first baseman, third baseman Dave Engel, and an estimated two hundred grand. Carew, who batted le- who bat left-handed and threw right-handed, remarked, I love the Minnesota fans and I like living here, but it was no longer any fun playing. I feel that California has the players to win the AL pennant. Mm. He had a three eighteen batting average in his first year with the Angels and helped them reach the league playoffs, where they then folded for their man Mock and did not win. Mm. That's not in there. I'm adding that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And when Carew, I was close to Carew, and I, I saw him the other night at Patrick's event. I love seeing him. And when he came back, the first time the Angels came back, I've told you guys this story. Yeah. The first time the Angels came back to Minnesota, I, you know, I rushed out to talk to Rodney, and he went to shake my hand. And in his hand, he had placed his tobacco chew. Oh. So when I, when I grabbed his hand, I had the big gob of And he had there. the chaw. I yeah. had the chaw right in my neck. <laughs> and Rodney thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you, GL. My, still uh, my favorite Rod Carew story is the one about the paper boy. When he was, he was uh, the, the paper boy that delivered to his house, he would come to collect. Yeah, and and Rodney's I don't whoever he was living with the mom his wife oh okay whoever he said uh, we prepay we prepay we don't collect and he comes back another month to collect and finally she said hey we I told you we prepay and he said shucks I just wanted to meet Mr Carew yeah. I wanted to, and he uh, I think took him t- to the stadium one day for yeah. a tour and stuff like yeah. that it was very charming yeah very charming Rodney isn't a bad guy. Good to the help. He was born on a train in Panama. And what was the name of the doctor? Rodney Carew. Yep. Such? Or maybe just Carew. Right? Rodney Klein. Rodney Klein. Rodney Klein. Right. Yeah, Such? Yeah. Do, do you believe in rock and roll? Yes. Can music save your mortal soul? Yes. And can you t- teach me how to dance yes. real slow? Yes. Bye bye. Wow, this American be, Pie. Yeah. That would be a great song. It would be a good song. All right. I uh, want a great podcast. There's stuff I didn't get to. We'll have to do it Monday. You want to do a Sunday, a Saturday one? No. Okay. We'll do it Monday. Uh, Pod MN for your smartphone library, uh, your podcast library, garagelogic.com to sign up. Tell your friends and neighbors about the Garage Logic Town Council. Have a wonderful day today, ladies and gents. And we'll see you on the next chop.